The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
Good morning. It's been a while since I've got to receive that back. <laughs> Happy Easter and Passover and Ramadan, this time of year where traditions from all around the world gather to say goodbye to winter and welcome in the spring. We're so glad to have you here this morning. Our first in-person Easter since 2019? I think that's right. So thank you for being here. It's great to see you. Um, we have a wonderful service for you today. I want to say special welcome to anyone here who's visiting for the first time. If you're here for the first time, if you wouldn't mind just waving your hand. Good. Nice hand wave. Welcome. Very happy to have you here. Yes. Not everybody gets a round of applause, so. Um, we also want to welcome folks on our live stream. We're glad to have you. If you are here for the first time live stream, please let us know in the chat. We will also send you a welcome with uh, twinkly hands or hellos from folks here at church around the country, maybe even around the world. Um, I want to give a special thanks, as always, to our incredible AV team who's working today. A big gratitude for their incredible work to bring this service to people around the world and for you here today. And also a big thank you to Joe Chapeau, who's managing our live stream. So if you're watching, say hello to Joe. He will be happy to greet you. We're so glad to have you here with us. I also want to just make spe special recognition for the flowers this morning. This is truly bringing spring into our space. Um, so enjoy the beauty here. Enjoy the beauty of being with one another uh, on this very special day. And we'd like to invite you now in our first hymn, number 210, Wade in the Water.
Now please join me in saying the words of our unison chalice lighting. The words are printed in your order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. Now please join me in saying the words of our covenant uh, as well as singing the doxology. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom, and to help one another. We should have brought our magic box, our yeah. goggles of infinite, infinite perception, yeah. but yeah, that'll have to wait. Yeah. Because right now, it's already a pretty busy Sunday. It's this incredible overlap, as you mentioned earlier, of seasons, right? We have our Earth Center traditions who, just a month ago, celebrated our vernal equinox, right? Which is that moment where we tip towards spring and the days get longer. In Judaism, we are right in the middle of our time of Passover, just beginning the telling and retelling of the story of the Jewish people from their time as slaves in Egypt, being liberated from Pharaoh, beginning the journey to freedom. A long, long journey, as it was. And Easter, this story from Christianity of Jesus, who was always speaking truth to power and professing love over hate and raising up the least of us and our responsibilities to one another, who was killed on Good Friday and Easter morning whose followers found he was resurrected among them. Each of these traditions so incredibly rich with stories and rituals that are there for our own reflection, thinking about our own lives. You know, and I was thinking about how each of these three traditions uh, in them have the egg. In pagan traditions, there were eggs as a symbol of the fertility and the spring coming. 
Chickens literally lay more eggs in the spring and in winter, and so more eggs would mean the end of winter. And the Seder plate has an egg, and Easter also has eggs. And interesting though, I was reading that the egg on the Passover Seder plate is a symbol in part of mourning. A boiled egg is the first thing that mourners are served after the funeral in Judaism. While on Easter, it's a symbol of life and hope and renewal. So loss and hope and death and life and winter and spring. Yes, really fitting this year that they all are held together in this moment of time because we've all had an incredible amount of loss and of death and winter of the spirit and in the world, in our lives. And it continues. It continues in the stories, in the news, the war, the killing yesterday, or this weekend, of a young black man, Patrick Loyoya, by police. And we all feel the incredible need, but maybe the struggle, to step into hope and into life and into spring. But how? Easter and Passover offer these rituals and these moments to reflect on just how we might do that, how people have done that. When you came in today, you all were handed something which looks a little bit like a big communion wafer, which might bring up memories, maybe PTSD for some of you, all the things that that might be associated with. It's a wildflower seed paper. And we want to invite you to step into this moment with a ritual. We want you, there should be markers and pens in front of you, to think about a word or two that captures for you something about life lately in this past winter that was hard, something that you're still holding sadness about. And on one side of that paper, we want you to write a word that speaks to that, that names that. And if anyone doesn't have seed papers, did anyone not get any? Did you manage to slip around our ushers? Because we have some, I have a few. Anybody not get one? Okay. I'll take a moment for that. And on the other side, one thing that you are hopeful about, one part of coming back into life that you are excited about, one thing about the spring inside and out that you want to embrace in your life. And write or just think and love it into this ritual paper.
we've created a planting space outside the church doors. And we'll invite our children to plant as they leave for their activities, Easter activities. And we invite the rest of you to plant following the service. We'll have the big wooden doors open for you to go out and there'll be people out there to show you where the planting will happen right out in front of our church. A space that's needed some life brought to it very much and it would be lovely to have you include your seed wafer there. You can bring them home as well and plant them in your garden. Um, but lovely to create a space that is bringing some life into a little parched area in front of our church that would be well received. So I'd like to invite you into a blessing of these seeds and I want to make a suggestion if you're open to this is to place that seed wafer in your hand and then just place your other hand on top of that and just hold that, hold what you've written, those losses and those hopes. Let that be a sacred space between your hands and these seeds that will grow. And I offer this blessing. May what holds us in bondage to death or loss or hurt or sadness or little literal heartbreaking limits be released. And what gives us life, hope, joy, rebirth, feel invited to claim, and may we claim it. Sinking our roots down into what grounds us and reaching towards the sun, flowering into this season, all of whose traditions witness to life more abundant, claiming us after a season of loss and winter struggles of heart and mind and spirit. And may we open our hearts to the abundance of creation that surrounds us and sustains us.
And now to get back into the good habits of being in community, not separate, let's start with a greeting of one another, and then we will sing our children out to their Easter egg hunt. All right, let's sing our children to their classes. Some of this you may remember from long ago, and for those of you who are new, you can just join along. Good morning again, everyone. And for those of you who are joining on live stream, good morning from wherever this Easter Sunday finds all of us, inner and outwardly, in the world, in our own lives. If you are joining us on the live stream, please get hold of the order of service so you feel connected and can follow along. Anyone here, if you want to fill out our connections form, if you are new so that you get the weekly flame, which is our Wednesday set of announcements, but also on Friday, the order of service and the link to service so you can easily connect with us, go ahead and do that and fill it out and we'll keep you connected. There is not going to be a coffee hour this morning, as much as I said about breaking habits of separateness, but it's in tribute to the larger connection that we're serving this morning, which is this is one of the three Sundays of the year when we welcome Tenderloin Tessie and all of the volunteers to help feed an Easter meal and then it's Christmas or Thanksgiving later in the year to our um, neighbors. So they're busy cooking and soon laying out tables, and so we will exit through the center doors and off into our day, but right out front are the garden patches, or they are fallow ground ready to be garden patches that we mentioned, so it'll all work for the greater good, I hope. And it's lovely to be here, to have you all here. I saw some bonnets. I have a few announcements. I'm not sure if I told anyone they could make an announcement, so okay, I'll make them all. Just to let everyone know that we are pretty close to our annual giving goal. We're at 720 and we need to be at 750, not to have to make any important cuts, and we have 80% of our pledges in, so huge gratitude to everybody, and the, the generosity was immense again this year, which is why we've been able to get through these last two years so strong, so thank you all. And if you're one of the 20% who has it sitting in your inbox um, or on your desktop, please just fill it out and send it in, or if you're having trouble finding out how to do that, just send an email to me or Joe Chappell or anyone, or go to the website. It's pretty easy to find it. We made the decision this last week to delay the auction. That might not have been what everybody wanted, so we're making our apologies for that. 
Um, but we changed and rescheduled it, at least for the moment, to the fall. So I just want to let folks know about that, if you have it on your schedule for next week, that it's not happening next week and we're sorting out. Um, but we have all of the donations in. So those of you who made donations, we, ha we had all of that ready. It was just other complicating um, scheduling bits that came up that um, made the decision um, on Wednesday. So just want to make sure you all know that. What we do have coming up on Friday is our annual Congregational Seder. That's Friday night, so find the link. It should be in your order of service. Come and uh, be part of the larger telling and the celebration um, of the Passover story, the Haggadah, with some of our incredible lay leaders bringing both um, their organizational skills and their musical skills to the whole of the evening here. It'll be here. I also want to let folks know that our offering this morning is going to go for Up on Top. So those of you who are new to the congregation won't know that Up on Top is something that was founded in 2001 after a group of members of this congregation considered the idea of providing a no-cost childcare option for families that were impacted by the changes to the federal welfare program that left parents having to go back to work and not having appropriate care and support for their families. And today, that program, which is still, its offices are still housed here, and members of this congregation are on the board, so we're deeply involved, it still provides that kind of support with um, high-quality, tuition-free after-school, summer camps, which will be in part hosted here this summer. It offers stability for families, some of whom are new to San Francisco and new to the country. And while preparing all these kids for the next school year and helping support them um, in the current year. And this particular last couple of years has been a learning hub and a support for in-person full-day programs for students when their public schools were closed. So it has been part of the solution to the struggles with meals and family support services. And so we are taking our offering to support that incredible ministry to our neighbors. So I'm letting you know in advance so you can be prepared with your checks or you can go online and give in all the ways that we make giving easy and possible. And thank you all in advance for your incredible generosity. This concludes our invitations to go deeper in all the ways we can do that here, but there are more in your order of service I invite you to read and consider. So let's take a deep breath and center again into the spirit of the morning. Yeah.
I grew up Jewish, and whenever my family or community would celebrate Passover, it was always a participatory affair. There's a Haggadah, an order of service that tells the story of Passover, emphasizing certain parts of the story depending on who's telling it, 
but everybody, even the youngest, even people who are checking things out for the first time will be asked to participate. And so in that spirit, we voluntold two people to be a part uh, of this telling of this story. Uh, so Bob and Danielle uh, have graciously uh, accepted uh, this task and uh, uh, an extra special welcome to Danielle, who I believe is here for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this reading is A Passover Remembered by Alla Renee Bozarth. Pack nothing. Bring only your determination and your willingness to be free. Don't wait for the bread to rise. Take nourishment for the journey, but eat standing. Be ready to move at a moment's notice. Do not hesitate to leave your old ways behind. Fear, silence, submission. Only surrender to the need of the time to love justice and walk humbly with your God. Begin quickly before you have time to sink back into old slavery. Set out in the dark. I will send fire to warm and encourage you. I will be with you in the fire and I will be with you in the cloud. I will give you dreams in the desert to guide you safely home to that place that you have not yet seen. I am sending you into the wilderness to make a new way and to learn my ways more deeply. Some of you will be so changed by weathers and wanderings that even your closest friends will have to learn your features as though for the first time. Some of you will not change at all. Some will be abandoned by your dearest loves and misunderstood by those who have known you since birth and feel abandoned by you. Some will find new friendship in unlikely faces and old friends as faithful and true as the pillar of God's flame. Sing songs as you go and hold close together. You may at times grow confused and lose your way. Touch each other and keep telling the stories. Make maps as you go, remembering the way back from before you were born. So you will be only the first of many waves of deliverance on these desert seas. It is the first of many beginnings, your Paschal Tide. Remain true to this mystery. Pass on the whole story. Do not go back. I am with you now, and I am waiting for you. So ends our reading. And now the offering uh, will be given and gratefully received. As Vanessa mentioned, uh, this is for up on top, so please give generously.
this year, the Easter story, the Exodus story, seems so current. They had no idea where they were going, writes Victoria E. Safford in her retelling of the tale. No idea when they left that night in the dark, without lights, without shoes, without bread, their children smothered against them so they would make no noise. Does that call to mind some scene that's been playing before our eyes that we've been haunted by of late? The agony of our siblings in Ukraine fleeing children and all that's precious to them, all they can carry tucked under their arms and against their bosoms, as if it's protection. The Exodus story of the Hebrew scriptures of the Israelites, it wasn't about fleeing war, but it was about fleeing aggression. And there are so many elements of that story that resonate through the ages. In Ukraine, In Egypt, both, there was someone calling the people to their bravery, a president, a prophet. But like all people, the call to liberation and autonomy, to bravery, it starts anchored someplace deep within. It sometimes looks like a platonic ideal a divine instinct pressed into our being before we took on flesh and bone and breath. Or perhaps it's something handed down through the mysteries of evolution in in our wild freedom and wholeness-seeking bodies and spirits coded and coiled in our DNA. But it's there They had no idea what they were getting into, Safford wrote, and the journey guaranteed them nothing. It's an ancient story, it's a modern story, it's a human story. This struggle away from what binds and harms us towards anything but that, and especially toward the lure and promise of freedom, of autonomy, of more beloved belonging and a destiny that we can co-create more fully. So many brave, difficult acts, life and world-changing choices have been made by people out of such moments of choosing to risk on greater and more abundant life, haven't they? It's even possible that we are always in one or another of these moments of choice in our lives in waves big and collective and also small and private. A community that's starting to unbind itself from the false truths and teachings about race, about its nation's own history, and a community that begins to do all of the intimate work of choosing to be together in ways attentive to old patterns, toxic of thought and action built on unconscious bias, that's a journey to liberation. 
but also a couple, choosing to give up blame and shame patterns they learned young and repeated with each other, giving them up to choose a love that honors feelings and needs and leans into moments of hurt with grace and a desire to find real healing together, that's also a journey to liberation. The first day of sobriety is such a journey. In our family, in our cities, in our nation, and in the quiet struggles of our own hearts, we are often in the process of leaving the known because it binds and does not surge, serve larger life, does not serve our heart's deepest yearnings. And some days, those choices do mean we walk away with very little clutched against us and no promises of how the journey will go. It's an Exodus story. Easter is a totally different story, and in so many ways, as the other that we revisit today. <laughs> I always feel like we need to say a prayer of holding for whatever those sounds are calling people to. And yet Easter actually has this incredible overlap, this strange overlap to the Passover story as I sat with it this year. Of course, to understand Easter, one has to begin the journey the days before this Sunday in the story. Understood and told that way, it's a story of this man who had a vision of a world that was deep, in abiding and compassionate relationship of people to one another, where we were the keepers of one another and all that that meant. Story of a man who names the carnage and ugliness that the myth of separateness has fueled in us and enabled in his time, widows and the poor and orphans and prisoners and lepers and women all diminished and ignored and left to gather the crumbs beneath the tables of the wealthy and the powerful. This man who questions anyone, even the highest priest, in the temple in Jerusalem and the kings, anyone who would use what privilege they have to consolidate selfish worldly power and use that power as power over rather than power with or power for. His was also a liberating message, was it not? His journey was also about choosing to move away from what binds and enslaves body and spirit, society and humanity for what heals and frees up for more abundant life together. Seas did not split for Jesus, though they did offer fish up to his nets and enough resistance under his feet to allow him to walk on them. And crowds split 
when he entered Jerusalem, palms tossed on the ground that met him like a rolling out of welcome reserved for royalty. And like with Moses and his people, Jesus and his followers took on the risk of stepping away from what was known into what was unknown. And like the Israelites, the Jesus followers heeded that voice within them, the commanding necessity they felt in their heart, in their gut, that gave them the courage to risk the leaving and bet on hope. It's such an old story, isn't it? And so consistently present, too. The casting aside of mere survival for the chance to thrive. Of safety for the chance to flourish. And that willingness to begin the journey without any guarantee when not much is clear, but out of a loyalty to that deep knowing we have within us. Maybe sometimes, because we know in our bones that to not do what we feel called to in this regard would be a kind of death, and we can't bear that. I've had moments like this, Forks in the road of life that felt like this. I bet you've had them too. I know enough of your stories to know that you've had them. Big ones and maybe little ones. Early practice moments. Did any of us as children, I think about it, leave a friendship that we didn't feel truly supported in to lean into a new friend group that looked more welcoming and joyful and loving? That risk, I bet, felt huge when we were little. Did any of us leave a job ever or a profession and pivot, maybe against the understanding and advice of mentors or parents, taking a big step back maybe in pay to try something new that we thought might be more fulfilling? Did any of us leave a faith community that we were raised in, perhaps, that told us that leaving them would put our souls at risk, but maybe did so because we thought God or spirit or what was at the heart of this world was bigger and grander and wiser and kinder and loved us more, maybe, than the faith of our childhood said was true? We risk in many ways, small and large, in a life that's learning to listen and to lean into and trust the voice of liberating and resurrecting spirit within us. Those moments feel scary almost always and involve real risk and sometimes big prices to pay. I think of all the asylum sinkers in our guardian group that we helped to support when they came to San Francisco, that taken incredible risks to come out as GLBTQ in the nations of their birth, 
leaving the safety of a closeted life for the reality, the lived reality, more authentic of who they were, and then who had to risk ultimately coming to the United States again to find that love and belonging that they kept seeking against the odds and against what experience told them was possible. We know these journeys, sometimes long and hard ones. Again, Safford writes so aptly about the Exodus story. They went into the wilderness. They wandered for 40 years, which in those days was a lifetime. 40 was a good old age. So many of them died before getting anywhere. And many were born in the desert and grew to adulthood knowing nothing but the journey. Not slavery, not freedom, just the going. They whined and complained and muttered and some mutinied for they were a stiff-necked and rebellious people. You can read it for yourself. Ungrateful people, even when manna rained down from heaven and quails were sent to feed them. Unhappy people, longing, even loud for the familiar security of Egypt, of all places, where at least they knew what to expect, as awful as it was. Impatient people making cheap little idols and gods of metal to bargain with in secret when the traveling got hard or merely dull and the days and years became monotonous. The Easter journey, too, is just as long and hard, I would argue. Easter Sunday is complicated and incomplete a victory in my understanding of it as it is. It was part of a long journey that began with loss and betrayal and the larger work was ongoing and still is. That Jesus would be with his followers, resurrected in spirit mostly. That he was here in a world of miracles and surprises was balm. But let's be clear. An empty tomb has a powerful finality and probably wasn't part of the journey to new life that anyone had expected, certainly not so soon. Which is to say that the journey to liberation and life abundant, I think the message is that it's never exactly as we imagined it. which I think we know is true. You fall in love, and you take a liberated leap into marriage, which is hard work. You change careers, but this one also involves a bunch of hours grinding on some boring things. You get sober, you have to make a whole new community of friends and habits. Liberated from one binding reality, you and I inevitably come to see the challenges of our liberation. And then, sadly, there are always more binding realities waiting for us to unbind ourselves from them, right? So on goes this long and windy road of Passover and Easter journeys that we enter into in this life. 
And that's also part of the Eastern Passover message. I don't think it's one we sing a lot about on these days, but that part about how none of it plays out as we would exactly have hoped or imagined, how there is no happy ever after in life, no stick the landing moment in the religious journey, even in the boldest and noblest of journeys, the work and the journey, it just always goes on. But despite this, we seem happy to revisit, needing to revisit the characters and the stories of these seasons each year. Something, something makes us want to hold up these lives as mirrors for our own lives and choices. Why? Maybe because all of them, Moses and the Israelites and Jesus and the disciples, all of them stepped into life directed toward bigger life, following that compass. All of them stepped into the journey with the dangers at their backs, leaving security behind, clutching what they loved to their breasts, guided by some flame they chose to stoke rather than let it blow out guided in the dark of what would face them by hope and determination and insistence that they had a right to demand fuller life of life, more joy, more freedom to be fully themselves, more equity and justice in their society, more centrality on certain values that too long had been pushed to the side altar, more courage to name what they knew was true and then walk toward it as if it were possible because such risking is the only thing that ever made it possible. And so the larger message of these days, maybe just of this day, isn't about happy endings or sure and easy journey and following any of the paths laid out for us, but simply a reminder to be in this journey, pressing in all the ways we can for liberation from what binds and deforms us, risking and reaching toward what sweeter shared life and love we can help make possible, and knowing that this journey of risk and uncertainty and complicated stories and complicated endings is precisely what has moved the good and the beautiful and the possible forward from antiquity until today. So we can't take it personally. And we're called to step in. Safford closes, in the springtime we remember the promised land is not a destination. It's a way of going. The land beyond the Jordan, that country of freedom and dignity and laughter, you carry it inside you all the while it's planted in your mind and your heart already before you even start out, before it even occurs to you that in order to leave that life in Egypt, 
the intolerable bondage of that life, what you need to do is stand up and walk forward. Happy Passover, everyone. Happy Easter. And blessings to the bold, uncertain, heart-led, complicated, sacred journeys of our days. Amen. complicated and uncertain. And life is gorgeous with some phenomenal things we can count on. It has seasons of struggle and seasons of delight, 
And sometimes the two blow in and bloom simultaneously. Like now. Maybe always. And here we are, all of us together. All of us from different corners of the world and different families here. Breathing together, questing together, holding each other through it all, laughing and singing in the midst of it. If there's a journey to liberation, if there is a journey to resurrection, I think this is it. I'd like to close this Sunday in prayer. I'd like to invite us to before we go out into our Easter Sunday, into our week of Passover, into all that greets us in the life outside these doors, to sink for a moment into deep and shared listening. And then close with the words that Allison led us in earlier this morning. May what holds us in bondage to death or loss or hurt or sadness or literal heartbreaking limits be released. And may what gives us life and hope and joy and rebirth feel invited to claim us, and may we claim it. Sinking our roots down into what grounds us, reaching toward the sun, flowering into this season whose traditions witness to life more abundant, claiming us after seasons of loss and winter struggles of heart and mind and body and spirit. So may we open our hearts to the abundance that surrounds and sustains us. Amen.
to put down our hymnals and join hands, which may mean moving. If you are someone who, for whatever reason, doesn't want to join hands, feel is immunocompromised, needs your space, just cross your arms across your chest, and that will be respected. And otherwise, let's get in one interconnected web. And now, in our comings and our goings, may the light of love shine upon us. Out from within us, be gracious unto us and grant us peace. For this is the day we are given. Let us rejoice. Be glad in it. Amen. Amen.